0: Hey there everybody, how you guys doing? I'm so excited to be having Caitlin Allen and Jen hop on here to talk a lot about sexual assault. Last year, Alexandra and I hosted a webinar on sexual assault last April for uh, Sexual Assault Month and uh, we decided to circle back and Caitlin was just amazing to come on and say hi and just keep that conversation going. A lot of our Coming From the Heart family has grown. So, so many people out there have not yet maybe watched the uh, webinar that was last April. So we just wanna make sure that people check out both episodes. Again, they aired on Spotify and Apple and of course, anywhere you can find your streaming. Hey everyone. This is Helene from Coming From The Heart Podcast, an inspirational and motivational podcast about mental health mindfulness, speaking your truth, and never feeling alone. Thank you so, so, so much. It's so nice to see you. It's been a while. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining. And yeah, I just feel like the sexual assault webinar was such a powerful medium. I mean, it really just was. And I was just so honored i had just really started getting it going with the podcast not that many months in and we had this crazy amazing response of people that just wanted to be part of it and i think what it is and i don't know how you guys feel cuz i want to hear your take on this cuz it's been you know a, more than a few months back is that it was so illuminating and so strong and everyone came out just to express themselves that it took a while for me to just process And even now, I'll listen to the episodes and go, "Holy shit! Wow, that was crazy, crazy, amazing." Specifically for people that never had shared stories before, and having you know, of course, as I say, the thrivers come on and and speak and have other people talk about their platforms and how it connected. And I would love, love to do it again. It's just you know, people are busy and trying to rope everybody back in to do it. Look at this, do it again in April, but. Besides all that, I, it's funny, the connections I've made or the connections I made and all my people, all my friends and stuff, It's that I believe the conversation can never, ever, ever go away. Ever. Yes. Mental health, as you guys know, is a big part of our platform. Validation, never feeling alone. Empowerment and all the different things that we've now morphed into. But we always go back to our core. And the core is the mental health component. The core is to have women and all genders, everybody, to be able to have safe spaces in their life. And during the pandemic, it was just such a tough gig for so many people. So enough of me talking. Okay, Jen, I mean, introduce the platform because there's a lot of people that have no idea who you are, what Walk With Dignity is about. So if you want to take it away a little bit and just introduce yourselves, that would be great. Sure.
1: I'm Caitlin Allen. I am the advocacy director of Walk with Dignity. Walk with Dignity is a pretty new nonprofit. It's based out of State College, Pennsylvania, and we support survivors of sexual assault and create care kits to send to local hospitals, so that way survivors will have anything they need after the assault. A lot of times survivors have to leave the hospital either in the clothes that the attack happened in or in a paper gown, neither of which are appropriate or make you feel safe. So part of what we do is provide clothing so that way they can make the choices that are best for them. And we also give a platform to survivors so that way they can share their stories and connect with other people who Mm -hmm. understand what they've been through. Oh, and yeah. that's sort of how I found Jen. So I'm gonna yes.
2: pass it over to Jen.
0: Um, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. I should have worn one of the uh, shirts because I have one. Aww. Shout out to Devin. She sent me a shirt. <laughs> yeah, they're like it was great. Yeah, I was. I, my name is Jennifer. I was on the first podcast, which is how I found Caitlin. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just a survivor. I I don't know the appropriate word to like call myself, but. I have hmm. experienced sexual assault, as many women have, and I'm just very vocal about, yeah, talking about it and kind of like getting rid of the stigma. And feel like if we all have an open conversation about it, it you know won't be so terrifying to talk about because you know it's it's incredibly common. So I love what you guys do. I love that I'm here. Thank you for inviting
0: me. <laughs> thank you, and thank you guys both. Yeah, um, you brought up the word stigma, Jen, and mm-hmm. it's interesting that that word, like people process it so differently when we talk about stigmas of mental health or you talk about a stigma of sexual assault you know people kind of like pull back a little bit if you were to to define stigma well how do you think you would define it you would define it in regards to sexual assault
2: yeah i think it's like i had mentioned this in the story the other day but it's just like it's uncomfortable it's the uncomfortable part of society that exists that no one wants to talk about you know like it could be anything. But yeah, sexual assault is definitely, it's common, you know, it's like not one of those things Like you think the the level that it's stigmatized, you think that it would be extremely um, mm-hmm. rare, but it's not. So I don't know why it's stigmatized as it is. But yeah, it's kind of just the uncomfortable part of society that no one really wants to bring up. Everyone wants to look the other direction. You know, you're scrolling through Instagram, you see like beautiful posts of sunsets and people on the beach and that's super yes. great. But you know, yeah. then you see yeah. that one post, and you're just like, I'm just gonna scroll right past that and not pay attention because it's depressing it's or it's intense or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be we can just have a conversation about it. So
0: yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. Caitlin, what do you,
1: what, what's your take on that? I 100% agree with Jen. I think if I had to like water down the definition, I would say it's something you don't talk about at the dinner table. You yeah. know, like it's one of those things where it's like this isn't a happy conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but not every
0: conversation can be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Do you think that it's getting any better regarding the conversations that when I and, and I'm really generalizing here, so I'm going to be try to be a little bit more specific. Within a certain age appropriate, you know, for an example, and what is age appropriate really? Is it a teenager? Is it a teenager going off to college? Because sexual assault happens at any age. It can be incest. It can be any types of situations. It can be an abusive relationship. I think it's it's so multifaceted. It's so hard to just box out and compartmentalize. But do you feel that? I mean, social media, and I agree with you. You know, absolutely. It's something that people don't really wanna talk about. And what's interesting is when you know my my husband will laugh or my kids will laugh if we're out to dinner and somehow we start talking to the server at the restaurant, somehow my podcast comes up in conversation. And next thing I know, specifically I've been in college towns because I've been visiting Rutgers, shout out to Rutgers, shout out to Indiana. People that I've spoken to specifically college students and my son now is of course a freshman, They want to talk about sexual assault. They want to talk about what happens during game day. They want to talk about all this stuff that we all and everyone, oh, yeah, everybody knows someone or a situation or something happened. And I'm not specifically pointing and throwing all college situations under the bus. However, I feel that when kids go off to college and sexual assault happens in high school too, and even in junior high. And, you know, it's not people point the finger at certain ages, but I feel that conversations are so lacking. And I know we talked a lot about this on the podcast, how it's still not really discussed. Yeah.
2: It's so, weird. It's
0: weird. Yeah. <laughs> like if it happens to certain people, like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it is strange. Like, is it really that shocking that like she, when Caitlin um, mentioned, like, the dinner table, like, I was yeah. like, wanted to say, like, yeah, even though half the people at the dinner table probably have had it happen to them as well. So, like, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. bizarre. Yeah. Like, in one, some people have it more extreme, like, yeah. in circumstance. But nonetheless, like, even the smallest thing to somebody else, yeah. like, it can still be extremely ta- traumatizing, you know, like, right. um,
0: it, Absolutely. it's crazy
2: that, like, yeah, it's
1: weird
0: that we don't talk about right. it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Right. And, you yeah. know, if you have any comments on that, Caitlin, do you want
1: to? Yeah. I mean... I think when it comes to like age groups and things i work with kids a lot i was a babysitter and a nanny for years Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it has to do with starting these conversations young and i'm not Mm -hmm. talking about talking to your toddler about sexual assault clearly that's inappropriate right right, but it's like hey buddy like no you can't hug them right now like they don't want to be touched right now and oh well why can't i hug them well, you know how sometimes you get angry and don't want to be touched, they don't mm-hmm. want to be touched right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. progressing mm-hmm. these conversations mm-hmm. with age, like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a crush on someone? That's great. Make sure you don't make them uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. like different things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel no. like by the time it gets to like the age groups where these situations happen the most, Mm-hmm. If you're not already having these conversations with your kids or your friends, you're kind of setting them up for failure. That is in no way saying that it is the victim's fault or anything, but it's part of a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah, I I personally, I don't know if I ever
2: want kids, but if I do, I mean, obviously, age-appropriate conversations, that my kid is going <laughs> to know from a real young age, like, right. um, this is your private square yes what happens when someone invades your privacy or if you don't feel right about something and you don't know why come tell mommy like I feel like I had absolutely no I mean I think I talked about this in the first podcast but for me it happened at a younger age so I had more groomed and it was like a predator situation Mm. yeah and I had no idea and now that I like know what that is I'm like how did I not Know this because it's not—it was never talked about to me. It's kind of again like no one wants to talk because you know it's uncomfortable for parents like have that conversation. Like I could I could see that, but if I had just known basics, I not that it was my responsibility to stop it. Maybe it wouldn't happen to the extent it did. You know.
0: Wow! Wow! No, amazing content you guys yeah I I agree agree definitely agree what I was just thinking is that there's the good touch bad touch you know I think we talked a lot about that on the podcast as well from the time a child's young for boys and girls little boys and you know this is what you should do this is what you should not do and then I think it's role modeling absolutely and it's parenting and often I taught in the schools, I spoke about on the podcast, where the schools kind of give that responsibility, excuse me, the parents give the responsibility to the schools to educate, to nurture, whether it's in a health class or not. But the, the conversation, and I agree with both of you, of course, Caitlin, as well, it needs to be from when the child is old enough to understand body parts, good touch, bad touch, because then as they mature and then they grow, that would just be something that would be part of the norm, that they wouldn't put themselves yeah. or be in a situation like that. And I feel that in, in some situations, particularly fraternities and colleges, and we can go on to other topics as well, besides sexual assault situations, is some get a bad rap in that respect. So not all fraternities have guys who are going to be doing those things. In fact, a lot of are very concerned about that. We had someone come on on the podcast who was a college student who talked about that. And for myself thinking about, you know, my son going into fraternity and this and that is that there are definitely students, young men out there who are sort of the gatekeepers are like, you know, you cannot be doing this. This is not appropriate when someone is completely stoned out of their mind, drunk as can be and making really bad choices and so yeah. forth. So. Yeah, so I again I, I believe that education clearly is is a large component. And then also, I mean, we had so many people talk in the podcast, a cultural thing when, you know, it was a generation thing where her grandmother had sexual assault, her mother had sexual assault, and it's like this this line of something like that. And that completely yeah. a different type of a conversation, you know, with that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna segue onto like, you know, going a little bit besides of course pointing the figure of college situations. I mean, I think that that's something that needs to be discussed now because of course colleges went back and it's after the pandemic and people have been held home or they haven't been out and about. And now it's like, you know, they're out there doing their thing. Do you think it would be any better or worse? I mean, that's probably a silly question, right? Where people have been sort of repressed to not be in social situations, not that they should be jumping on one another. That's not what I meant.
1: I think it's an interesting question just because, you know, being inside for a year, two years, that in and of itself yeah. isn't going to suddenly make someone who maybe hasn't had sex and allows while go out and yes. assault someone. Yes. But I do think it can exacerbate the feelings of people who, we're kind of already primed mm-hmm. to do that
2: I, I yeah yeah it wants yeah. a rapist always a rapist here okay like it doesn't yeah. just come, yeah. it doesn't right really have, it doesn't just come right. out from like the depths of nowhere you know and I think that yeah sorry just I threw that out there
1: <laughs> no you're good I think it's no, like I, yeah it's like if you were already like using tinder because you couldn't get a relationship oh, yeah. just like okay. having one night stands and then suddenly you go without it for two years and you get angry and violent about that yeah yeah, that probably didn't help the situation at <laughs> all but yeah. it's, it's a bit like, it's a weird question it is a weird question
2: it could go into all of these different facets like is it a okay I'm gonna say it but the word feminism is it a patriarchy issue I personally think so I mean this whole concept of everybody like what comes first the chicken or the egg why is it that uh, certain people, all of a sudden, they're doing fine, they seem like a normal person, and then maybe a pandemic happens, and then they come back, and they rape somebody. I think that that is taught, again, from such a young age, and mm-hmm. what it is, mm-hmm. a matter of, like you said before, like it's generational. It, we have to not just mm-hmm. think about it on like the superficial sense of just sexual assault. There's layers to this in society, you know, like, yes. does our society as a whole respect uh, of course men get assaulted too but yes the yes. numbers are a lot higher to women and yes asked me to focus on men but also
1: yes.
2: Maybe yes that's because they are also victim to the patriarchy it's all very uh interconnected there's a lot of layers to this i think that it's really about a matter of teaching respect for other people at a really young age out, just in a general sense outside of just sexual assault if the people that are doing this type of stuff I mean, I would say they're probably not respectful in a general sense. You're probably not a good person in a general sense. So no. yeah, it's very layered. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, what causes what, we'll never know. But I guess that yes. it is a societal, yes. cultural. Like, Absolutely. do we respect women? Absolutely. Are we are we sexually, do we respect the concept of sex? Can we like talk about it? It's very bizarre. It's it the one thing we all have in common, but we can't talk about it, so.
0: Yeah, no, and you know, and I and I think I put it out there somewhere like maybe in a post or, or a story Sexual assault is rape, sexual assault is rape. You know, it's what it is. And again, you know, people's situations are so varied where maybe someone in high school or gosh, even like middle school or even college or all different ages and situations where they may not have realized they were assaulted. And Mm -hmm. I believe, and I just want to comment a moment about, you know, the hashtag me too movement which I, mean, I took some notes here in 2006, Tarana Burke, if I'm saying that correctly, in my space, um, you know, was the first to start talking about because that was affecting um, the black community and so forth. And then it sort of morphed into um, uh, Milano, um, Alyssa Milano, and then it caught on and then the movement and so forth. But um, again, it's, you know, again, back to what I said, sexual assault is rape and so many situations occur where people may not have really realized till after the situation occurred.
2: Yes, I think that, well, yeah, it all comes down to, it's this comfortability on how do you teach someone not to rape? Well, you're going to talk to them about rape. I know personally many people that it's kind of, it's rape culture, you know, like it's kind of celebrated in a way being kind of sexually violent towards women or, you know, like the Mm -hmm. player thing. And it's not just men, women do it too. But like in general, it is rape culture. And yeah, it's not sexy to ask for consent. But if I had a daughter and they're like that age where they're starting to have sex, I'm going to be like, Hey, it's not sexy to like stop the mood and be like, Hey, can we do this? But just do it there's little Mm -hmm. things that are really not like socially acceptable but they totally should be we should totally normalize it i mean i can think of many instances where people are going to be triggered by the word rape i'm I'm not of course not going to drop names but i can think of many instances where i've been like raped in a relationship and it's not necessarily there's certain times where i like my specific experience when i was molested when i was young and we talked about the podcast yeah right. um, i can use the word rape and Mm -hmm. obviously it has a much heavier meaning than when i say it about the relationship yes. that I'd mm-hmm. Nonetheless, if I was to go to any of those people and say, hey, feel like I got raped that time, they would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How, but instead of being like, hey, mm-hmm. I feel like I got raped because I don't feel like there's a lot of consent there. However, you might not have even realized that you did it. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't ill intention, and I get that, but let's talk about it. Like I said, there's a stigma around sexual assault, but there's a stigma mm-hmm. also around the, the word rape. And yeah. honestly, yeah. if we were to really figure out who has raped who, it would probably be almost everybody. So, like, we need to really talk about what is respect in a sexual relationship and um, not be intimidated by trigger words. Yeah, no, I, I
0: I love that. And
1: Caitlin? Yeah, I have, like, two comments about that. Sure. The first being, I think part of it is we need to stop putting sex on a pedestal. Like, there's more important yes, things yes. in life and in a relationship. Like, yes, I enjoy sex. I that's not something that's yep. shameful yep. to me. But I also have friends who are like I'm really interested in it, and that's cool too. But we need to stop pretending that if you don't have sex, you're broken or if yeah. you have a lot of sex you're better than everyone yeah. else or how because like,
2: like, yes yeah,
1: yeah. right sorry yeah it doesn't matter none right. of it matters this might sound very silly so i apologize but i remember having a conversation like this with a friend in high school and i just didn't understand why they cared so much and i was like dude you could go to an orgy tonight or you could go to church tonight either way I will know even... the difference in the morning. Like... <laughs> you do you. Yeah, I... <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The whole stigma around sex as a whole, like whether
2: it's like, there's layers to this. Like it's not just yes. like, pig rape culture, whatever it is. The whole stigma around sex and being able to, how you do it, what you do, like, let's just talk about it and respect one another, whatever it is. And then kind of, it will kind of sort itself out. I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, who cares we were on i know there's like obviously like tons of different generations and stuff we were on the last podcast but i definitely noticed like a theme of you know let's like teach our kids how to have sex in terms of like a, right. a value or ethical stance of like do you want to just mm-hmm. keep your body to anybody and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's not
0: going to stop rape no that's not, and, you know like i think the word respect the word respect to me is everything. It yeah. basically an in, in essence of what you guys are talking about. To respect another human, transgender, queer, heterosexual, whatever. In any situation, to have respect for that other person and partner. That's it. And the intimacy is the intimacy, whatever that may be. Intimacy yeah. meaning, you know, having sex not necessarily intimacy can mean many things to many different people. Yeah. And you know, and I really believe that respect is something that needs to be taught. And I circle back to when children are young, as my children were young, and that's really what I pounded in to have of course morals and values, but to be respectful. Yeah. And if someone is not wanting to engage in something, then you don't do that because yep. you learn to have the respect for the other person as they do you, as a human, as a yep. person. Situations get out of hand where it's someone might be a sexual assault it, in, in many different situations or taken advantage of or the consent. I mean, you guys mentioned the consent. I, I, I think about, you know, I was interested in ruckers and my son now, you know, being the guy and I had the conversation. Just remember because, you know. It's always somehow, and I, I, I have a son, so you know I have to think on the other side. And he has values and he has morals, that you know you have to really make sure in any situation that they both sides are really agreeing to whatever this may be. Yeah, clearly, yes. that's it, hands yeah. down. If it's a gay relationship, same thing, a partner. I'm not genderizing; I'm just partnerizing. You know that that's what the situation would entail. And then what I'm also thinking. What is sexual assault? If you say, like, what, you know, someone says sexual assault, does it have a definitive definition? Because some people may be like, oh, well, that really wasn't sexual assault. You know, he didn't really do that or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So what what do you think about that?
2: I think that if you think you've been sexually assaulted, you have been. That's kind of what I would say it as. Of course, there's 99% of people that are reporting sexual assault outside of gender, outside mm-hmm. of anything, you know, like, I think that people, 99% of them, they're not, they don't lie. They're not lying. You I mean, People don't go through that process to lie. It's an incredibly mm-hmm. complicated, expensive, traumatizing, stressful thing to go through just to, for clout, you know, like that's yeah, not something that course. in the real world happens. Of course there's like probably less than like 1% of cases. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact number, but right. like, it is a very small amount of people that do lie about it. If you genuinely think that something isn't right sexually, something has something doesn't feel right, you've mm-hmm. probably not been respected. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is
0: mm-hmm. a form of sexual assault, whether it's mm-hmm. a more minor
2: form or a more intense form. So
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it kind of comes back to when we were talking about kids earlier, where it's like yeah. good touch, bad touch. If it doesn't feel right, something's probably wrong and you need to talk about it. You know, in the moment, maybe one partner wants something more than the other partner does, and there can be like, "Oh, wait, hang on, no, I didn't think it was going there," and that happens. Mm -hmm. And I think that's you both recognize that and And stop, and then talk about it. You know, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. the crossing of that boundary without that conversation that makes it wrong.
0: Right. So no.
1: Yeah. And. Actually, something that I wanted to talk about earlier was oh. asking for consent may not be the sexiest thing.
0: Yeah, But it also
1: doesn't have to be like, excuse me, do you, partner A, agree to have this with yeah. partner B? You yes. can be like, hey, like it when I do yes. this. Yeah, and you can make it person. sexy. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be... It doesn't have to be like written down beforehand. If you wanted to all the power to it,
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh no, I understand that. What do you guys think about when boundaries are crossed? One person wants more from a dating app. We gotta talk about Tinder. Um, basically boundaries.
1: Yeah, I mean there's nothing wrong with dating apps. I know that there's a stigma with Tinder that it's like all just for sex and you know what that's cool if that's what you want go for it i think it's just when you match with someone if it doesn't already say it on both of your profiles like Mm -hmm. looking for a relationship or looking for something casual that should be like your first question because if i'm looking for marriage and you just want something for the night there's gonna be a problem there yeah (laughs) so again yeah exactly yeah open conversations It's totally fine to want a one-night stand. There is nothing shameful about that. As long as you're respecting one another and having these open Mm -hmm. conversations and no one's getting hurt, you do you, man. I don't care if you spend every weekend at a nudist colony. I really don't care, as long as that's what you wanted and everyone there's cool with it. And you feel like
2: safe, like, yeah. I think my current boyfriend, he's literally the best man I ever met Oh. He's restored my, like, I am, I'm a feminist radical one, you know, and whatever society would call me as a radical one, I don't think I'm radical, I think I'm pretty rational. But I was very, very, very afraid of dating a man, just because it's hard to find this day and age, especially on like a, you know, like everyone's dating through Tinder, or, oh, yeah. so it's uh-huh. like, it's, you know, you're just like going through people, and I met my boyfriend on Tinder, and he's of the best man i but i'm not going to lie to you i definitely had some sketchy interactions on tinder <laughs> so you know
0: <gasps> it's just yeah i mean wow that's like an anomaly. Good for you, Jen, man, on yeah. Tinder. That's that's impressive. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like, that's kind
2: of like the scary thing about the same age, you know, like having boundaries. And if you're doing, I think if you're going to use Tinder or some other social app, kind of like right. that, where, you know, it is a risk. Like you're meeting up with someone that you don't know anything about. Yes. And I guarantee you, someone you swiped on or said yes to is like yeah, clinically probably a crazy serial killer maybe <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> like just because you are going through so many people so you really like you you have to be careful right. the way that it is. so like i think on something in general boundaries are important i think that's just like mm-hmm. a kind of a learning curve to growing up like learning like how to respect yourself and be able to state your boundaries yes. but especially yes. Yes. on a dating
0: app like you have oh to cut through with it you gotta be like oh my god exactly Absolutely. let's talk tinder guys okay i know you know i'm throwing tinder under the bus because whenever <laughs> anybody hears tinder it means sex. I mean, how do you say anything but Tinder equals sex? That they should really have that on the app. Tinder, I'm like little equals sex because. I, okay, Jen, you're an anomaly, so we're going to leave you out of this conversation <laughs> okay. right now. Anyway, but the point is, is that someone would to go on a specific app like that. That that is there more or less, except for you, Jen. That is their intention. That, well, that was my intention, too, at the beginning. but, <laughs> but, like, but yeah. Right, right. And it worked out. And now he's your boyfriend. Okay, that's just what it is now. That's how people meet and, and so forth. Back to the topic of sexual assault. It's really scary. We had a conversation with Lindsay from We Met With Acme. And she was talking about her platform and dating and of course, telling her my, you know, stories of the 90s and the, and, the, and the answering machine and no phone and back in the stone age and et cetera. And it's scary to go on specific apps. You know, you might meet a person in a common place and this and that. And even when you think you may get to know them, you don't really know them. I don't know how you guys think about that or you've been, on, been in situations like that, but, what advice would you give to someone specifically not to put themselves in a situation of getting sexually assaulted? Uh, I think it's unfortunate
2: that we have to ask that question because it's never a woman's responsibility to avoid no. being
0: sexually assaulted. But, no, I, mean, I, get, but I get what you're coming
2: from. I get what you're coming from. No, no,
0: oh, yeah, to clarify. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. It's but like we you're wearing to ask that, though, right? Like that, the, yeah, right? Or you're wearing a, a, a top or wearing something to the gym, and oh, she's asking for it, or, yeah. no, or no, 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 yeah. Yeah. no, 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 absolutely not. But yet, as females, do we need to really think about that? Oh, I better not wear this top on my date or out yes. there because yes. I might be too provocative and. They don't know how to control themselves. I mean, that makes me want to throw up, actually. I had
2: this weird tactic, just the side note. Like I want to, like... <laughs> but um, I had the side note of question that, I mean, I kind of am a bit of an asshole nowadays. I'm proud of it. But when I started Tinder, I would kind of purposely... Like, I had some beginner questions just to kind of poke the bear. And also, I would dress however the hell I wanted just to kind of test the waters of like how is this person especially in response to how you dress or I love it and um, but I would be lying if I said I didn't have mace in my bag and it sucks that we as women are kind of in that or men too but for the sake of this conversation mostly women that are carrying mace in their bag. and I think that it sucks that that's the case but I think challenging that I mean I personally I'm not gonna change that side of me but i don't think mm-hmm. that it's fair that i have to feel need to do that either so i don't know if there's yeah. a, a sense yeah. to that but
0: yeah yeah and then just circling back to going on a specific you know you're on the app you meet the person the first date. okay you're getting to meet each other maybe the, the other person is sort of on their best behavior if you want to call it that and i'm talking about all genders Is it the second date where you get a little bit, I don't know. Or is it the third date? Or is it that fifth date where that person may show their demon? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think every relationship is unique. So, like, with my first long-term boyfriend, we didn't even kiss until, like, three months in. Because I was terrified. I was like, oh, God, what if he doesn't like me? Even though we kept going on dates, you know? Mm -hmm. 17-year-olds are like me. Yeah. 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 Right. And then with my current boyfriend, like my partner who I've been with right. for almost three years now, right. I asked him to be like my monogamous partner after a week of knowing him because yes. I just felt that connection with him and thank God I was right. But, <laughs> right, right,
0: right. you know,
1: like, I think it's hard to say like, oh, like, that's the third date rule or anything like that. Oh, uh-huh. Um <laughs> Yeah, And, like, I'm on Bumble right now because Bumble has, like, that BFF setting, you know? Like, trying to meet new people, yeah. make friends. Oh, nice. And me and this girl, like, we met up recently. And I was like, hey, like, I want to hang out, but I'm really only comfortable hanging out in public. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. I was going to ask the same thing. We went no. out with coffee. It was great. Now, nice. that was me as... A woman in a relationship meeting up with another woman in a relationship, and we were both still sketched out by each other. And I don't know about her, I didn't ask, but I know I shared my location with both my mom, my boyfriend, and my best friend. Yeah, I do that too. Just wow. in case. Yeah. And it's yeah. ridiculous that I have to do that when I'm going down the road to Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee. Yeah. But
2: <laughs> Like,
1: I was going to see a beautiful sunset. I'm going camping. Mom, I'm going to have the
2: time of my life. But also, in case I die, this is my coordinates. But, no. you. I, you
0: but that's just what it is. And then, you know, as I said, we were talking to Lindsay from We Met at Acme, and she was saying... You know, of course, the same thing, you have to be careful and and so forth. But again, when is that moment when you start really trusting that person? I mean, getting back to, you know, sexual assault and being in a college environment or post-college, and let's talk about post-college for a minute. You know, you're in college, we know all kinds of shit's going down and okay, now you graduated, that's tricky stuff, man. You get at you know, you graduated. I think back to, you know, when I was in my early twenties and I'm going out with my girlfriends. And sometimes even though college, you know you point the finger at like, if it's a fraternity party but you're still on these like group type settings then it's kind of like you're out. I feel like it's a little scarier. What do you guys think about that? Like making that transition into the next step being nervous that you might be in a situation of sexual assault, maybe you never even thought about it. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are just like, yeah. whatever, you know, carefree. Clearly that's not me. I don't believe that's either you guys. How do you keep yourself safe? I mean, you know, you, you said you should air location, all the other stuff.
2: I, I don't, I, I, it's in the back of my head, I guess. Like, actually it's funny. Cause I just checked my college specifically puts out a like report every year of how many cases of sexual assault or crime or theft or whatever. They like put right. a every year. I looked at it from curiosity, I got an email from it. And I was like shocked it was like three sexual assaults that happened last year, but I never heard about it. I never I never. Right. so I don't know how I keep myself safe though. I mean it's always subconsciously in the back of my mind, but it's probably just so ingrained in me, like just naturally kind of being that awareness that I don't even necessarily know how mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in a college setting specifically, I think a really big alarm bell that goes off is, like, a drinking setting. And I don't know how it is. So, I moved over to the States when I was 12 and from Britain originally. Oh, oh, okay. over there, they really at a young age kind of teach people because people drink a lot younger over there so they teach people about getting spiked they teach people mm. about like you always mm. watch the bartender pour your drink like yeah so for me that's something yes. I always yes. do. Like i don't accept drinks from people or things like that oh, but, yes
0: yes but I'm, I think, I'm glad you brought you know, this up yeah exactly yeah. but i
2: think it's a lot of it is around like a drinking setting you know and for me i just am always aware of i think being in that type of setting a lot of things can go wrong and i think just that's kind of a little tip yeah
0: no no I, yeah i like your thoughts i think it's just preparation to kind of always and i believe i was like that at my age in my 20s as well you don't go in blindly into situations you have a friend who's not yeah. drinking yeah. if you're going to drink the
2: hard way like, like i think the reason i think that way is because i that happened to me like i think a lot of people if you're fortunate enough to not have it on your radar unfortunately it makes you more susceptible it's kind of like, yeah. like uh, it kind of sucks that, that's how it works you know but a lot right. of people you know it's like kind of sucks either way like you're either been sexually assaulted so you're aware of it and can protect yourself after that fact or you haven't been sexually assaulted you're not aware of it and then you increase your likelihood of being sexually assaulted it's like
0: kind of picking two very terrible options yeah no 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 do you think we can change it somehow is there any way i mean that's pretty like you know i'm taking on a big thing here you know as far as just the culture the dating apps where it's almost, yeah, I mean, you went on Tinder. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Mentality. And yeah, I don't even know how to even fathom like my thoughts on that because it just makes me so nauseous to think that, that, you know, if a person goes on that, that that's their intention was to get sexually assaulted, you know, Um, and that it's okay. It's almost to me. I mean, Tinder is, is like, except for situations like yours, where, where, you know, it, it's giving the license to be in a situation of sexual assault. Like- I don't,
2: I, I disagree. One of the things I love about the younger generation, which, you know, tends to be who dominates Tinder is like, yeah. kind of people similar to okay. me. Okay. And, and like, I think that there is the, the side that you have to be more aware of, but honestly, in a big way, it does kind of break the stigma on sex. So like, okay, a girl going into that situation is, yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous situation. It also kind of breaking this stigma around sex okay. is probably one of the main things that, one, causes sexual assault. Like, there's many things that cause someone to sexually assault somebody, including, like, sexual repression or oppression. Sex Like, there's many different factors that I think mm-hmm. the sex mm-hmm. stigma can cause, but also it creates people that are afraid to like speak out when there's a mm-hmm. stigma against being raped or a stigma against being a slut like why are you all, okay you know um i went on tinder and honestly had the time of my life sexually speaking, no. i'm not embarrassed of it and i think that i met my boyfriend now he's a great guy and he came at the perfect time and i was honestly though let me say i had lost faith in dating outside of Tinder. No, that's amazing. No, no, no. That's amazing. You actually restored my faith a little bit. No. (laughs) I
0: I, I love that. And I'm glad that, you know, that that I completely threw the app under the bus and crushed it. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) There's a dark side. There's a dark
2: side to Tinder. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 If you can be confident of what you want out of it and communicate that and then make decisions according to your own safety, then there's no reason why, you know, everyone can't be having the time of their lives on tinder you know
1: (laughs) i was very briefly on tinder i think i was on it for like 36 hours between the span of like my last breakup and then being set up on a blind date with my current partner like i was not on there very long and for me i was very overwhelmed on there i didn't have any negative experiences but right. it was like I would match with a couple guys, and Amelia would be
0: like, "Hey, you're free tonight," and I'm like, oh, "I'm yeah. eating yeah. dinner." Like, oh, no.
2: One-liners, yeah.
0: Yeah, because that's the intention of the app. Yeah. But like, you know, when people sure. meet people in other places, or the old-fashioned way, to go to a bar and like meet someone, or meet them through a friend, and all kinds of stuff. And I and I believe when you define what is sexual assault, sexual assault is the aggression of the other person taking advantage of you in all situations. And the Thrivers who talked to us, the survivors, of course, who were talking to us during the episode of all different situations where it's crappy that in the circumstances that the female would have to be victimized. And that, you know, that that to me, it was always blew my mind. Oh, you know, she, she wanted it or she... No, back to being as a child, being taught what's right or wrong or growing up in a culture where, you know, it's the boys club. And, and I just also wanted to have you guys comment a little bit on hashtag me too do you think that since the time of 2006 that due to the hashtag me too and all the different movements have we progressed i think so
1: yeah Yeah, i think so i think it's slower than anyone would like but okay i granted i was a child but i don't remember any situations growing up where Conversations were open like this, not only between like myself and family, but like right. even in like friend circles, it was like, "Oh, you have a crush, tee hee hee and that's like the end of it. Like it, that's okay. it. Like it's private after that. Right. And nowadays, hey, like this happened. Here are the details. I need support right. in this way, or like mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, and and I believe that when the movement of #MeToo came about, so thank you for revisiting the sexual assault webinar and keeping the conversations going because there has to be platforms like ours out there to just say sexual assault is something that we need to talk about, and I, I believe that conversation and voices really are a light for so many people where they feel ashamed or, you know, getting back to the platform to walk with dignity when Madison started this whole movement. Back to Penn State, like, if you wanna just comment a little bit about what's going on with the nonprofit with you guys. Yes. So
1: we are partnered with, I think, three hospitals right now and we're working on uh-huh. partnering with some more, at least in State College where we started and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The hospital there, like the Nittany Mountain Hospital, is the hospital that's, like, attached to the campus. And when we were talking to them, I remember them saying they need about 100 bags a year for survivors, you know? They need about 100 bags for the people who come in and report their assault and go through the examination Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. But if you look at all the statistics and everything, there's way more than 100 assaults happening. Mm -hmm and absolutely i personally did not seek help afterwards i didn't really understand what had happened so Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. didn't talk about it for months i was just like that's a weird thing that we're gonna put in the back (laughs) like yeah that's just how my brain coped with it
0: right right Uh, no
1: absolutely it's a really difficult question because everyone's gonna process it differently i I think it's sad that more people don't feel comfortable enough to report it when they do know what happened to them yeah and yeah i think at penn state specifically that's hard to do because i know someone who reported their assault and they were in like small classes with one of the people that had assaulted them And everyone in the class turned against her because, oh, well, you're making him out to be like this horrible person. But he helped me study for my test or something like, oh, my God, that doesn't matter. You can be a good person half of the time and a horrible
0: person the other half. Yeah. Thank you so much for. Yeah. For stating that. Well, what about, you know, taking it one notch up? What about when a colleague, an office worker assaults you? in the same situation. And that's when Hashtag Me Too came out. And then all the fingers started getting pointed at very public figures, How, you know, Harvey Weinstein. And then it was just like the spill of all the different people and all the different situations. So yeah. these are public figures. These are specifically, you know, the Olympics happen and Simone Biles. And like, God, would I want her on my podcast and Instagram Live? I would just love to have a conversation with her. She just seems that she's just so passionate and so supportive to her community. And there's so many athletes out there in general who have been sexually assaulted. We didn't like bring that to this conversation yet. It destroys people's lives. It just doesn't go away. It's something that's always there. I think that we're all
2: really afraid of like, so Caitlin used an example of like someone in her class how everyone went against her but i think society in general is kind of geared towards not offending somebody right and there's really great great things that can come from that sentiment like you have to be respectful you don't want to just be pointing fingers left and right about outside of a sexual assault case like about just anything but right. like when it comes to really big issues like racism or sexual assault or whatever it is I think society is more geared towards protecting the people that have been accused and not actually protecting the victim or help. Like, I think the same thing goes for, yeah, all those really famous cases that are happening right now. A lot of it is money and power. And the same thing with colleges, you know, like, they don't want it to (laughs) get around that there's been like, for my college, I said earlier, I was like, I never heard about like, three serious rapes that happened on campus. Um, And it's like listed there. But and they have to email it, legally speaking, but you know that's right. I've never that's heard right. about it or anything like that. So yes. I mean, a lot of it is about like protecting. And I think that's where all of us as survivors, I, I would never recommend like, I never tell a survivor you have to report it because everyone's on their own healing process. Everyone is doing their thing and I totally get mm-hmm. that. But if it is something that they feel like they want to do and they can do it, mm-hmm. then I think that's where we kind of all have a responsibility to one listen no matter what no matter if it's your daughter your son your cousin your father whatever it is and we all have responsibility to listen to the
1: survivor first and then ask questions later while you were talking jen all i could think about was the phrase innocent until proven guilty
0: Mm.
1: and yeah i'm trying to figure out how i want to phrase what i want to say if someone is stabbed and you don't know who did it that person's yeah. clearly in pain. Clearly yeah. something bad has happened mm-hmm. to them.
2: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You have
1: mm-hmm. to care for them first, and then you can get to, like, okay, yeah. what did they look like? What happened? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what was the situation? But when it comes to sexual assault and rape and domestic violence, mm-hmm. we tend to... We want to believe that it doesn't happen. Yeah.
2: So mm-hmm. we
1: take that whole innocent until proven guilty idea, and... We just kind of forget about proving it. We're like, nah, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Nah, she right. wouldn't do that. Oh, and
0: absolutely. yeah you absolutely. forget
1: that there's still someone in that situation who's been hurt, mm-hmm. and they deserve justice. Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe they were drunk at a party, and they misidentified the person. That mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. But you still have to run the investigation. You have to figure out if yeah. this person wants this sort of justice. You You still have to... Do things yeah. properly. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think the laws really protect the victim? No.
1: No.
2: Okay. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's no. Like, no. I'm going to kind of drop like a little like a light bomb here that I've never really talked about uh, mm. on a public. Caitlin is saying, like, I, yeah, I 100% agree. And just on the topic of do you think that the justice system is looking out for
1: victims? <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
2: instantly, no. And I was talking about people not wanting to believe the people that have been abused. Like our gut reaction is to protect the ones we love, period. Mm-hmm. And I'll share like a, just a little mini story here. But so my father, he is an incredibly abusive person, but I found out when I was 18, no one had told me, my mom didn't tell me, because obviously, when do you have an age appropriate conversation about this? But my dad, even though he's abusive, he's someone I love dearly, but he's actually had sexual offenses uh, towards very young people like Mm -hmm. minors and i didn't find out until i was 18. and it was really hard for me to find that out because not to start talking about compassion for the soldier here but it is a very difficult situation for someone to know someone they love and Mm -hmm. know that they've done something that dark it's really really hard especially when people that do these things you have no idea that you they would do them because the part of them that you know, you love and you -hmm. would you can imagine them doing those things. So I don't talk to my dad anymore. That's for one reason, but for many reasons outside of it. But it was really, really difficult for me to like, digest that, like Mm -hmm. that weight, especially because something happened to me through somebody else. And I just feel the need to say that because if anyone listens to this, please believe people like i know it's really hard especially when it's something you like someone that helped you with your math assignment or your mm-hmm. cousin that you really liked one time or mm-hmm. uncle, whatever it is like mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. please have a part of you that believes the victim even if you don't want to because it's incredibly hard to do but like it they're probably not lying they're probably not by probably i mean 99 percent chance that they're not <laughs> i just feel like yeah i just had to say that because I, I get it like i'm not just here to just sit and harp on like F you if you're an abuser. Of course, that's true. But I get that it's also really difficult because like, it's, it's an incredibly hard topic for the victim and the person who's being accused and the person who's being accused, family and friends. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. like the victim should be the priority and like you absolutely. should be I
0: know. No, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that, Jen. I mean, that's, yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing that. And that really makes me think about another one, Robin Stoloff was on the podcast with us and she was like, I think she commented, you know, it's, it's not that person, I mean, it could be, jumping out of the bush, you know, to attack. I mean, of yeah. course, those situations occur when you're not expecting it in yeah. horrible situations. But I would say a large percentage is that person that you know or that person wouldn't that expect. you No, know yes. and the person that you trusted. And it makes you feel a little bit anxious or nervous, maybe in dating situations. and like how do you begin to really trust someone? Like, how do you do that?
2: Yeah. I still have not figured that out. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. it's a really I don't think there's an answer that's definitive to that. I think it really probably depends on your relationship and really getting to know that person and yeah. so forth. Because again, the percentage of sexual assaults are the people that you that you know, you know, or back to the college environment, back to a work situation where you think you know, you're going out with a group of people and then things go completely some of the survivors had shared with us and, you know during the episode about that you know the bottom line is that you know sexual assault is not sex it's about someone who wants to hurt you you know and that's what's called rape i mean i always want to like clarify that you know an assault is an assault that's the word and the sex part is that they're putting you in a situation that you are not wanting to be in so yeah. It's all
1: about someone else putting their wants ahead of your needs. Correct. And it's power.
0: For me, yes, it's a power situation. They're overpowering you. And, you know, situations of incest and all the other, you know, when Sue was on talking during the podcast and being she's a therapist, and when Normanda was talking a little bit because she does crisis situations and so forth, therapy. Again, getting back to it's the person that you may have known, it may be the coach. It may be, yeah. you know, uh, someone at school. It could be someone in, in your community in, in a, I'm not going to, you know, in a religious situation or whatever, where a trust value was for that person. And specifically back to Moan and and others where they trusted this person who was their doctor, Yeah, you know, Positional for the yeah. yeah. I guess the thought is when you have a community like Walk With Dignity and Madison, Madison you know, kudos to you, Madison. Hi, Madison, wherever you are. This is an empowering movement of young people, of young women, all facets getting together because of a situation that had occurred to them and coming to support one another. I look at that as empowerment in groups. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Me Too is empowerment. You yeah. have people that can come out and go, this happened to me. I want to talk about this for the very first time. And that's how I felt clearly about the, the two different um Episodes that we put out there in April, hoping that anyone who would hear those episodes, and that's why I'm so happy to have had you guys on tonight to talk a, a lot more about this: that you're not alone. You have value, you have validity, you have a community that you can talk to people, that you shouldn't have to be silent anymore. And mm-hmm. to me, that's what hashtag me too is: is to stop the silence, get your voice. by getting together with a community of people that unfortunately have experienced whatever you have experienced. And my hope for you guys with with Walk With Dignity is that it spreads, and I said I will be out there supporting you any way I can, Alexandra and I, to other college campuses or to other situations where every university should have Walk With Dignity. I mean, that would be great
1: if Walk With Dignity was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy with just a program that supports survivors better. Talking about, like, making community. One of my best friends I met freshman year of college after I read a poem that I wrote at International Women's Day, and in it, I talked about my sexual assault and my struggles with depression. And afterwards, this girl just comes up to me, and she just, like, hugged me, and I was like, oh, okay, like, hi, who are you? Mm -hmm. And we got to talking, and she was like, You are the first person that ever made me feel like I'm not alone. And wow. she's one of my best friends. And wow. the serendipity wow. of that, she had an exam that night, and the only reason she was in the library where I was speaking was because she got lost yeah God. it's crazy, crazy how these things happen but yeah. community is so important yeah. i don't want to speak for jen or anything but like even though she and i don't talk all the time yeah, like, yeah. i feel very connected yeah. to yeah. you no like, i feel yeah. very connected to you because we yeah. get along and we understand each other in a way that some people just can't and yeah. it's a good thing that other people can't understand no. <laughs> yeah it's
2: a beautiful thing of yeah i mean i don't ever recommend that someone like bonds another person over this but you know to be fair like it, it really is like okay you you know devon i'll give her a little you know she's so active in the community and i love it and it's like when i started sharing like all my stuff i was honestly just like what the heck is like what, yeah. do, what do i do here yeah. like is yeah. it normal or people the first thing i thought was people are going to yeah. think i'm just like whinging about it like I'm just like complaining and I'm just wanting attention and that that's the first thing that came to my mind and then all these people started like pouring in with like love and it it made me feel like it just completely shifted my perspective on one how I identify with what happened to me but also yeah it just it gives you like a feeling of peace and stuff and yeah same with caitlin
0: that's so yeah no it's amazing and i <laughs> and I saw that when you guys during the you know episode i mean of course it was a lot to process. And that's why I really want to make sure that for our new community of friends out there who just hopped on and were checking out Coming From the Heart that, you know, we're going to talk about topics that are tough. But, you know, and we're going to speak of voices that need to be heard. But that's just part of the platform. That's the why in the hell Alexandra and I started this, to cathartically heal ourselves with things that we've gone through, but also to open up conversations that need to be continual and I really believe that really circles back to what the platform of coming from the heart is besides all the other entities it's not to feel alone you're not alone because you can have a community if you can tap into it in the right place anyway so any last thoughts before we wrap this up I could talk to you guys for a while we've been on here any last things to comment on our topic today of sexual assault Uh,
2: thank you for having me. (laughs) <laughs> i i love that this exists i this is all very new and like i just i think it's really cool that things like this exist because like caitlyn just texted and was like let's do it and anyone listening we love you like there's like there's the people that totally care about what you're going through and totally want to listen a 1, thousand percent
0: wow amazing yeah. amazing caitlyn yeah. any, any last thoughts
1: thanks for having me on oh. You can always reach out to me or walk with dignity. I'm sure you could also reach out to Jen and Helene. I'm all of us are very open <laughs> yes. and welcoming. Yes. And yes. if we yes. don't have the resources to support you, we can yes. help you find the right yeah. place to go. Yeah. You yeah. are never alone and it sucks, but you're stronger than you
0: think you are and you will make it through anything that comes your way. Yes. I love that. And I and then my expression is any shit when people go through whatever they go through the flowers that are grown from the shit are so much more beautiful. So that's my last thoughts. on, mm-hmm. on pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you guys can grow a green hat. Any specific places that people can find you obviously walk with dignity. Want to give you your handle? It's just
1: at the words walk with dignity, no spaces. We're on Instagram and Facebook and we're trying to branch out to other things, but right now that's where you can find us.
0: Cool. Well, let us know whatever you're spreading on to. And, and Jen, any, any uh, people can find you.
2: I do not use Facebook. It's just my Instagram. So great. Yeah. I feel, I feel so always so unprofessional stating my handle, but it's bills porridge. So that's my Instagram name. You can, yes, I'm always here to help with like emotional mm-hmm. processing and just,
0: I get how hard to process I love it. I love it. I love it. And also, don't forget, everybody, as you guys are watching this Instagram Live, please make sure that you go back to our Aprils where there's back-to-back. So there's so much content. We did a back-to-back. It was like part one and part two. And it's on Spotify and Apple and anywhere else you can find your streaming. Have a wonderful night, guys. I'm going to go finish my dinner. And I will see you guys soon and hopefully we will have continuum of conversations and I'll speak. Take, take Thank care. you. You All guys. Right. See take you. Care have a great night. Be well. All the love. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Please check out my episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and weekly Instagram Lives, where I am honored with talented, exceptional guests. Can't wait to see you all there.